1: Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Dateable, a show all about modern dating. The topic for this episode is something I can very much relate to ever since I was in middle school. And I think I've experienced it every year (laughs) ever since with people who may not even know. It's, It's about this topic, and we were debating how to pronounce this. Is it unrequited love? Or is it unrequited love?
0: We've landed from Google Translate that's unrequited love, but But it does sound weird, doesn't it?
1: But you know, sometimes (laughs) the computers, they don't, they don't pronounce it correctly. So Anne, our, our guest today, how would you pronounce it?
2: Unrequited. Unrequited love.
1: I am glad that this mystery is solved because I've heard it in both ways, but unrequited just sounds better. If anything, we've taught people how to pronounce it.
0: Episode over. Episode done.
1: (laughs) You're welcome, people. But uh, let me just give a definition of what unrequited love is. It's one-sided love that is not openly reciprocated or understood as such by the beloved. The beloved may not be aware of the admirers deep and strong romantic affection or may consciously reject it. Wow, that's just so sad. That's so depressing. Yeah. That is literally every diary entry from my middle school years. It really is. Same. Same. <laughs> I love that our guest was able to acknowledge that this was one-sided love when all these years I was just in denial, thinking that these men also had unrequited love for me. They were just too shy to admit it. (laughs) So there Mm -hmm. we go. In the land of denial, but now it's a good time to introduce our guest. Her name is Anne. She is 28 years old, currently lives in LA, and originally from New York. Currently in a n- monogamous relationship, and uh, she made a film about unrequited love. It's called In Reality. She's an award-winning writer, director, and actor who recently came out with this film called In Reality that Julie had the honor of seeing yeah, here and in it was San Francisco. Amazing. It's about being obsessed with falling in love and all the strife of being a single, hopeless romantic in New York City in your early 20s. The film has been screened at 13 film festivals domestically and internationally and has won nine awards. Congrats. You can also watch it on iTunes, Google Play. And Amazon Prime Video. Yeah,
2: so um, actually, I just have to fact check. It's I think it's actually twenty film festivals. Damn, all right. <laughs> like
0: we can't even keep uh, up hey-o. with Google here. <laughs> you more than
1: doubled in awards <laughs> in the last time we got yeah. a bio from you. <laughs> obviously you gave us a little teaser earlier about how your own experience with unrequited love was the inspiration for this film. Let's just get to it. Tell us kind of about your experience and what made you want to make a film
2: about it. So the origin of this film was I had been in this unrequited love relationship with a guy who, um, I'd hooked up with at one point, and then he told me that he just wanted to be friends. But I had already fallen in love with him and was like naming our grandchildren and thinking about <laughs> like you know, a long life together. And, and I couldn't accept that he didn't feel the same way about me based on the way that he was acting. Like we seemed to have amazing chemistry, and X Y Z. I was twenty three, and so still very much a hopeless romantic, or (laughs) just understanding myself to be a hopeless romantic. And I spent about a year hanging out with him and really uh, like becoming obsessed with him and obsessed with why he wasn't reciprocating the love that I had for him, even though he told me that he didn't feel the same way about me. So after a year had gone by, it was Valentine's Day 2015. And I actually saw a video that kind of sparked the initial inspiration for me to make in reality. So I was like, hmm, you know, maybe I could just make a short film about this experience because I definitely need to understand it. Like, I I don't want to be in this situation anymore. It's been a year. Like, I can't believe I wasted this long believing something that isn't true. I want to figure this out, and maybe I can just make a short film that would kind of help me figure it out.
0: So, your therapy session was making a movie, basically. Yeah. <laughs> That's quite productive. Four <laughs> year Mine's stuff. just ice cream. <laughs> um, that is the most productive way of getting over yeah. someone ever.
2: <laughs> basically, for four years straight, because I, I edited it as a short, and that became the proof of concept for the, C- the Kickstarter to fund the series, and then the series became the proof of concept for the feature. And then we had to shoot the feature and then edit the feature and then mm. deliver it. So it. it was um, a long process. That's just what it had to be.
0: One of the things that was really cool about the movie was just like, it took you in like your mind of like, how <laughs> to deal with this situation. Like we talked about earlier, like unrequited love is quite common. Can you kind of like walk us through like, just like more of your personal experience with this? like? I guess, how did you guys meet? Like, did you date? Like, how did you get in your head that it was something when he just didn't?
2: We were set up, not like, you should date this person, but just like, you should meet this guy. Like, And so I went out for drinks with him. And it's one of those things where like you never know who you're going to hit it off with. We like really hit it off. And as you know, from the first date scene, (laughs) it was like one of those times where we just got along so well. And I felt like I had just met a really special person that uniquely understood and and responded to my sense of humor and i responded to his as well and i was 23 at the time and and this really still had this incredibly idealized vision of love i still do by the way um <laughs> but i had this idea that like once you meet someone that makes you feel that way like that must be the person that you're meant to be with right if you're feeling that then they must feel it too it has to be reciprocal like ha- it, it wouldn't feel that way was right it wasn't. And so then um, we hung out a couple more times, and I was, you know, trying to keep my expectations tempered, but definitely was running away with them as well. And then he kissed me. Oh at the end of one of the nights that we hung out and I was like, yes. So <laughs>
0: like, you had a big crash. You he thought it was reciprocated. Oh,
2: yeah. <laughs> um, and then we had sex and I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that was basically when I really started to think that there was something here, but as it turns out, that is not always what guys think. Or, I mean, also it's just the times we live in about, casual dating and casual hookups and stuff can be right. really confusing and if there's not really an open stream of communication about like what it actually means to you, you someone can get the wrong idea and be led astray and in that case that was me um and yeah and then a couple of weeks after that he told me that he just wanted to be friends and I had gone so far down the rabbit hole of believing that he also loved me and that we were starting a relationship that it really shocked me and sent me into a great depression. Um, and, and that's when I started to obsess about it. Like, why doesn't he like me? But like, what did I do wrong? And and I started going back in my head about like, well, I said this thing and maybe if I hadn't said that thing, I could have, and then, but we kept hanging out because he, in the end, like, I don't think that he is a bad person. I think we just like miscommunicated and he really hurt me. And so there was like that, unfortunate human moment that happened but I think his intention was like oh I wish that like we could still be friends because we do get along so well but that was even more hurtful because it it kept him in my life and it kept me believing that like because he wanted to hang out with me he must also be in love with me like or maybe he's denying something in himself or whatever it was that I was concocting because that that went that friendship went on for about a year um it allowed me to continue to rev and continue to obsess and, and build yeah. this, like, yeah, obsession with him and with um, what was not real. <laughs>
0: Were you guys still hooking up
2: during this period
0: or when he said it was friends, what, did it turn to Strictly Platonic? Yeah,
2: it turned Strictly Platonic, which is something that when I tell the story, some people are like, wait, what? <laughs> um <laughs> And but yeah I I still thought that he, there could be something there.
1: I feel like the difference between unrequited love and a crush is that a crush is very blatantly one-sided yeah. because it's just like kind of from afar. But unrequited love is that in your mind you're progressing the relationship yeah. forward, and in their mind there probably is some sort of friendship that's progressing. It's just yeah. not in a romantic right. sense. But you look for these signs. Oh my God! Yes. Every little sign, even just like a little look, or he gave me a piece of candy today that yeah. lets me yeah, he loves
2: me yeah, back. Yeah. He, yep. he gave and, me a nickname. He right. his oh, a nickname name is kind of like my last name like I don't know <laughs> you, you like really like like
0: stretch deep for it right you look for yeah. all these signs my for...
2: every day yeah. and you
1: you are hoping that there is they give you these glimmers of hope and I would yeah. also say the people who are the beloved ones on the other side they're not completely innocent either they no. kind of they're aware this this is happening they do like the attention yeah but they're kind of like I told you my yeah. intentions so I'm in the clear Well, I definitely had
0: a situation. I love that we're saying like middle school, but I know (laughs) mine spanned way later than that. Julie's was yesterday. (laughs) Okay. I've learned from my mistakes a little, but I would say like Mm mid-20s, I definitely had a situation again that lasted way too long. I feel like these situations do linger like way past their expiration date. And I remember like the guy, it was a friend. And it kind of started – like, I think you also, like, grasp onto the way it started, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I heard even from yeah. your story. And yeah. it's like – there was yeah, some that... kind
2: of magic there. Magic.
0: Exactly. Yes. So it's like you're, you're grasping onto something mm-hmm. that might not be the reality current day. Mm-hmm. And I remember, like, he flat out was like, I don't want a girlfriend. And yeah. somehow in my mind, I was like – he just hasn't fallen for me yet. Yeah, like he doesn't yeah, know he it doesn't yet. It exactly, like how he-
2: good that would be for him. <laughs> exactly, you like justify
0: it. Like yeah. why? I guess my question is like, why do we think that we do this?
1: Yeah, and yeah. why did you keep going with this, knowing that you were getting deeper and deeper into this?
2: Yeah, yeah. So what it came out to and not to like spoil alert (laughs) the movie or anything was that now that i'm like way removed from that experience and definitely in the process of making the movie i I uncovered this but like i was not having a good relationship with myself and Mm -hmm. i i wasn't giving myself enough credit to be like well if you don't like me and you're like sticking around like goodbye like i I don't need right I don't need your love, actually. And at the time, like, I really did. And I I needed the the attention and I needed the love from someone else. And I I wanted to find someone to be in love with. Because, like, to me, that is still the best thing in the world. Not just romance, but, like, actual reciprocal love, I think, is the holiest thing that you can do on this earth. So I was always, like, in pursuit of that. And every time I thought that I had found it, I... I would attach myself so deeply to it, but kind of bringing it back to the question, like it does take a sense of real self-love to be able to differentiate between if the person that you're lusting after is actually worthy of your love. um, And if they're not giving you the same love back or the same attention back, then they're not worth your time. And and it's not that there's something wrong with you. And that was the thing that I was really fixated on was like, there is something wrong with me. And if I could just fix that thing, then he will love me. Right. I can win him over. But it's more of beating myself up and trying to change to accommodate someone else when really there was nothing wrong with me. Or maybe I did have to grow and I I had things to mature, but it was on my terms and things that I could have been more loving to myself. But I I was very in a not so great (laughs) self-esteem place. And that's what I found by the, the end of the movie.
1: Was he still in your life during the production of the movie?
2: no um the first thing that i did when i had the idea to to start even just the short project about it was i i told him about it and said that this was something that i wanted to do and is he okay with that and he mm-hmm. said yes and he's he gave me my, his blessing but then as it kept growing i wanted again to make sure that he was okay with it and so i asked him again and he said you know you don't need to keep asking me about this like you can just go on and, and do your thing And so then from there I I kind of let him go um, and we have, we haven't spoken or communicated or anything. And that's like mainly because I just don't want to disturb him and I don't Like, that was his request. It was like, don't bother me anymore. (laughs) He's out there somewhere and I wish him all the best.
0: Like, what was the breaking point that you're like, this can't keep going on? Because, like, I think it's interesting that you said, like, he's not in your life. And it's typically, like, what is it that, like, causes this to just be like, this is not worth it anymore?
2: Um, Valentine's Day was just, like, cliche and everything. But it was definitely a reminder of that, like, wow, I am, ever since middle school, have been in this situation why why do i keep doing this it's my situation that i'm in it's not this guy i i know that so i'm the only person that can get myself out of it so i better do that and the only way that i know how to do that is to make a movie about it i like knew that that would be the end of our relationship and i would in that process have to let him go and have to like fall out of love with him but yeah and then that's just back to that means that i love myself more than him which is should be the case yeah my health and my happiness is more important than keeping this person in my life who is by being there hurting me and or i'm hurting myself by being around him
0: so was there like anything that he did or anything that like happened that made you have that realization or was it just like shit it's valentine's day what am (laughs) i doing with my life
2: (laughs) um it was it was valentine's day it had been a year like i was i had kind of met him around that time so i was just like Mm. ah, the freaking year of my life even though i had told him that it I still liked him like I had had I had a conversation with him kind of I don't know whatever three quarters of the way through the year that I still had feelings for him and that Mm -hmm. like did that bother him that we were still hanging out and being so you know like buddy buddy and we had this weird conversation about that and kind of descended with like no I mean whatever it's fine and then even after that he kept texting me like videos of his travels or like this mm. kept like engaging mm. in a way that i was like what do you do like why are you doing that if you don't yeah. like me like buzz off if like you're tormenting me now um so i i didn't again I, I don't think that he meant to do that and i'm always on the side of like i'm never gonna assume that someone's out to get me because i just don't think that that for me is a valuable headspace to be in i think it was oblivious like he was oblivious and yeah Or he just he knew that I was an active audience for him Mm -hmm. um, and that he could get that attention, whether he like thought about it in a malicious way or not. It was just like oh, Anne, Anne will respond to this. (laughs) Yeah. It's self-serving. And
1: maybe it's not malicious or ill intentions, but it's still self-serving. You were providing some sort of benefit for him. But when, so now you're with someone new, you're in a monogamous relationship, not with this guy, right? Do you still (laughs) sometimes feel a little bit of love for him? Or do you like reminisce about him? Never. (laughs) Never. You're like completely (laughs) over it. Although you made a whole movie about him.
2: Yeah, but yeah, I got over him so quickly like <laughs> soon as the production of the movie started because I became obsessed with the movie <laughs> and obsessed with um just making it Amazing and like making it the best thing that I could make that would translate this experience and and connect with other people and like basically be the movie that I wish that I could have seen before I went down my rabbit hole of obsession with him. Yeah, it just like took my mind off him. And I think that that's another thing that I realized And I almost went in this direction with the movie, but we decided to keep it to more of a narrative. But I wanted to go into like the science behind obsession and how your brain when you just keep thinking about the same thing, it gorges these pathways that keep you in this cycle. And when Mm. I made the decision to make the movie and had so many other things to think about, from like the production, fundraising, the characters, the act, like writing everything, I was distracted enough to be like, wow, actually, I don't feel anything for this person anymore. It became about me.
0: I would also, and let me know if you feel the same way, but like when I was in this situation, it took me just meeting someone after that I ended up falling in love with that was reciprocal not a one-sided way and then you see you basically see the stark difference of like what your relationship was and then you really realize like this was not real love
2: yeah someone now who's like a perfect angel like loves my life and of my dreams i'm like oh my god what was i doing like yeah i wish that i had known that this is what it would i mean i guess i i did know that this is what it would be like because that's why i wanted it so badly but like i dated a bunch of other people between the guy that in reality is about and meeting my boyfriend jordan who did the same thing as in reality guy like we dated for a bit I was super cautious because I didn't want to break like my heart again and blah 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 evidence that they liked me and then they just wanted to be friends again and I was like what the hell is going on here like (laughs) even so like looking back on those relationships and realizing that like I was definitely making not excuses but like I was building up those relationships when there really wasn't that much grounded like
1: Oh my gosh. I'm just like, all these memories are coming back of of middle school. No, just kidding. Actually, this happened to me in my twenties. I was living in New York and I think I had this unrequited love while I was in a relationship. So I was in this like dead end relationship for five years living with this person. And I met someone on, um, at work and, he quickly became this obsession of mine. Mm -hmm. And I think what throughout our affair together or whatever it was, he kept saying, I don't want to be in a relationship with you. He actually had a girlfriend at the time too. Mm. But to me, I kept playing these like, scenes of yes. us slow, a slow mo on the, on the subway, yeah. walking hand in hand in Union Square at midnight because we were hiding from our significant others. But in my <laughs> mind, I'm like, Oh my yeah. gosh, this is so romantic. But I think what yeah. made me really get over him was I wanted to retell this love affair to a friend of mine. So I was telling her the story and she mm-hmm. kept asking questions like, wait, what did he say to you? He said, he said he didn't want to be in a relationship. Yeah. And then I would defend him yeah. and she's like yeah, yeah what are you, his publicist? And I just, I was like, holy shit, no kidding. I kept defending him because I kept, (laughs) I I was in such denial, but I was his PR person. Like he had done something bad and I was trying to cover it up. Mm -hmm. And she's like, you should just retell that story, but unedited. And I was like, damn. I think that's a
0: really good point. And and in the movie, it seemed Mm -hmm. like your friends were getting quite annoyed (laughs) by the constant talk. And I feel like I definitely had that situation too. I remember, like, one of my friends, because I was, like, just convinced that, like, we were going to end up together, like, when we would literally just, like, get drunk and hook up, like, there was no dates <laughs> happening at all. Yeah. And I remember, like, one of my friends was, like, you should go on a real date first. And I was, like, yeah. damn, that's a slap in the face, but it's yeah, the truth, it's
2: right? Like, when you're in it, you're you're so sensitive to the truth. Yes. <laughs> and that's yeah. why it hurts. Like, your friends are just trying to help you. And the the friendship. Piece of the puzzle is like a really important part of the story because I needed to show like how being obsessed with someone that doesn't love you affects the relationships in your life of people that do love you and yes. want you to be happy and are trying to help you but you're not letting them because you're in denial and you're kind of just hurting those relationships by not being present in them
1: here's a question for both of you do you think unrequited love is love or is it lust Mm. or is it strong like or is it
0: obsession i have an opinion but i'm gonna let go first (laughs) oh man
2: i think it's obsession the way that i love jordan is so much richer and so much realer because it's real and and unrequited love is like it's like a drug and it's an addiction and it's it's more of a mental state of mind and i I mean yes there's a lot of science to like whatever say that love with a significant other and reciprocal love is also an addiction and my definition of love and like the love that I talk about in the movie that I idealize and like at the beginning I I wanted so badly is essential human experience love like the love that you have for your family the love that you have Mm -hmm. for your friends the love that like you'll do anything for that person and they'll do anything for you not from, like, a romantic, crazy, you're losing your mind standpoint, but from human standpoint. And, like, your relationships are literally all you have on Earth. Like, everything else can go away, but, like, if you don't have strong relationships, you will not be happy. And those are all, like, should all be built around love in like, the most pure, essential oil, like... yeah. <laughs> deep down way and so unrequited love i just i don't i don't buy it anymore like fuck it it's not love (laughs) um because if it it was love it wouldn't make you feel that way yeah no
0: I also agree it's not love. I think like for me, it was at a point in my life that I don't think I was ready for an actual relationship. So Mm -hmm. it was all, the way I view it is like when I actually fell in love, it was I want the best for this person. Like it's less about me and it's more like I wish you the best. Mm -hmm. Where when I was in the unrequited love situation, it was almost like a challenge. Like Mm -hmm. I needed to win something from him. I needed to get his affection. It honestly wasn't even really about him in the end of the day like right. it was about me yeah. proving to myself that i could do something
2: mm, yeah. so it's
0: like validation it's validation yeah, yeah it was
2: like oh you like me now like look at all the things like yeah right validate right. me um like why don't you like me i'm so i'm like come on give me give me the attention give me the validation but then when someone actually loves you and like sees you for who you are and makes you don't you question feel those like things you no. are totally valid it, that's love <laughs> because you don't yeah. have to fight for it. It's just like happening. Yeah. You're like, holy shit, this feels amazing. And then um, you
0: also have like your friends too, right? That you're like, have yeah. been like, why are you wasting all this time with this person? So then you feel like you need to prove it to them that it's something more right, like, becomes that, this, like yeah. yeah, you're not delusional. Uh-uh, right. This is
1: real. So what do you think? Yeah. Do you think it's love? So I, I believe love is a choice. By that definition, I think love is independent of the other person's actions. Mm. I can choose Mm -hmm. to love someone who may not love me back. So also by that definition, when I love someone, they owe me absolutely nothing. So I do Mm -hmm. think unrequited love is a form of love where you just purely love someone without expecting anything back but what makes it unrequited is that you actually do expect something back and you want some sort of result and that's what ends in all the messiness and you're
0: not getting that you're not getting your expectations met in any way
1: not getting nothing
0: (laughs) So I guess, like, we talked a little bit about obsession. And I think, like, if you were to, like, ask, like, telltale signs of, like, when there is a situation of unrequited love, I would mm-hmm. say, like, when you have to, like, repeatedly talk to your friends about every last thing yeah. and overanalyze. That
2: is a telltale <laughs> sign. <laughs> yeah, I was that. Again, not to be, like, grass is greener or whatever, but I don't need to talk about my relationship with... I mean, I'm talking about it to you guys right now, but like, I don't need to <laughs> call up my friends and be like, Jordan told me that he loved me today. And like, cause I just don't <laughs> need to, yeah. their validation either. Like I'm not, I don't need to convince anyone cause it's like personally happening between the two of us. Yeah, I think that's definitely a telltale sign. Um, if there is doubt, if you can allow yourself to recognize that you are doubting whether or not you two are coming into it equally, I think that's a telltale sign. If you're making excuses for him, if you're, mm-hmm. you know, giving him like too much of the benefit of the doubt, um, if there's not even like a open level of communication about like what do you want. Um, Mm -hmm, and if you're not able to hear that person say what they want and then believe them that like they know what they want maybe they don't know but if you were what they wanted they would be acting differently
1: so my friend is currently going through a unrequited love situation and i can totally tell the difference between when she talks about this versus like someone who's truly in love with someone Mm -hmm. uh she would say he doesn't even know how good i am for Mm -hmm. him he has no idea how much better (laughs) his life would be with me he has no idea what he's missing out on but then she's never talked about about why she loves him like the qualities that she loves about him and how he makes her feel she never talks about that either so if it becomes petty (laughs) like that Mm -hmm. where you're like he's missing out or she's missing out then you're definitely in a sticky situation so if someone is in a sticky situation like this how do they get out of it Let's take a quick breather so I can tell you about Lola, a fabulous female founded company offering a line of organic cotton, BPA free tampons, pads and liners. And great news for everyone. They also offer sex products, too, like condoms, lubricants, wipes, you name it. What makes Lola so fabulous in my eyes is that their products are formulated to deliver the sensation and reliability you deserve without unnecessary irritating additives. You've heard me talk about this a million times before. Lola's condoms feel amazing, but they're also made out of natural rubber latex and individually tested for contraception and STI protection. And you all know I'm a big fan of the personal lubricant as well because it features a mess-free one-click pump system with a water-based formula made with aloe vera and is completely hypoallergenic. With Lola, you are in charge of the subscription you want and you get everything delivered to your door hassle-free. Good news for you all, you get 40% off your first month's subscription. Just visit MyLola.com and enter the code DATEABLE when you subscribe. Again, that's MyLola.com and enter the code D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E and get 40% off your first month's subscription. Now, back to this episode. Yeah. So if someone is in a sticky situation like this, how do they get yeah. out of it? One, you got to recognize it first. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: Like, my friends did their best to help me, like, figure it out. And, like, the only thing that actually worked with me coming to my own realization and kind of across the board not just with an unrequited love but with like any of your friends that are in something where they're going down the wrong path and like you're trying to guide them but like i've just come to the position of like people will learn their lessons the way that they need to learn them like you can't even if with your best intentions like you can give them honest feedback but at some point you just have to like be like you need to figure it out um and that's what my that's why that line is in there at the end of the movie with my friend was like figure your shit out like (laughs) (laughs) i'm done i can only do so much (laughs) exactly And also like when you start to see your relation, your other relationships failing and people avoiding you or like, just not oh. acting the same way that they were when you- your friendship was in full bloom and like, is it was in a good yeah. place that should be a signal
0: or sick of hearing about them. <laughs> yes.
2: And, th- and not like blaming the other person, like, they're acting so weird. They won't listen to my like ravings anymore. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> right. thinking about it, like maybe I'm doing something that's repulsing them and like making it really hard for them to be around me.
0: I don't, I don't know. It's interesting. Cause I think sometimes maybe it's like personality type too, that tends mm-hmm. to fall into these situations. Mm-hmm. Like, I think for me, like, I am, like, someone that likes to, like, fantasize and dream just, like, about all Mm -hmm. things in life, not just love. So, like, when you do get that, like, glimpse of something, you're like, this could be so much. And it's like, becomes this fantasy. And, like, I think to what Anne just said, you have to go through it yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm so glad I had this situation, even though it lasted probably, like, a year and a half longer than it should have. Yeah. But that's (laughs) the reality of what happened. And it was, like, I needed to learn it on that time. But it's, like, now you'll... I know what I'll never stand for again.
2: Yeah. So it's like,
0: as soon as you see a sign and you're like, wait, this isn't like actually reciprocated.
2: Yeah, this is not what I wanted. It's not the fantasy that I I envisioned. And that's why the movie is called In Reality. Yeah, because that is that was my character's situation was like, this idealizing everything like, believing in the whole shebang of romance and fantasy and like Disney magic and all of that going on the journey to understanding what reality really is and being able to confront it and not run away from it into my fantasies and into my imagination which is a much I think healthier place to be in but like to be able to balance both of them because like I'm never gonna stop dreaming I'm never gonna stop being an imaginative person that is one of the most again another like beautiful part of life is to be able to Mm -hmm. imagine things that aren't real and to like push yourself to Strive for things that you don't have yet in your life, but to be able to balance that and also recognize when you are off course and when you are imagining something that is not true
0: and real. Yeah, I think you've said it before, UA, that you've had this they call like the reality check. Yeah, where it's like, okay, like let me write down what is actually happening. So then when I'm like starting to like spin stories off, I can like reference that and yeah. be like, wait, he actually did this. Like that is not. What I'm now telling myself and putting him on a pedestal, essentially. I used to keep a fantasy folder
1: where I would write these fantasy stories about the guys that I was like ha- had a crush on or really liked. I would only visit this folder when I felt like I needed to be in that space.
2: <laughs>
0: Yeah,
1: sure. You did. Oh, not feeling so good about myself today. I'm just going to read my fantasy folder of stories. But then the reality check is really important. But my question, though, is there's kind of skewing one way or the other. And you kind of touched upon this too, Anne. It's like, I think the three of us are very fantastical in our thinking. And maybe we are dreamers. We're creatives. And then there are some people who are a little too real. Yeah. You know, we're like, nah, love doesn't happen. Marriage doesn't happen. It's like, this. I'm not sold on this romance thing. And you were talking about striking that balance. What are some Mm -hmm. ways that people can strike that balance? Because I think there is something great about being a hopeless romantic. People Mm -hmm. say romance is dead. How can
2: we bring some of that back?
1: Oh, well. um, (laughs) Watch the film first. (laughs) Watch the
2: film. Um, And so I did kind of lose my, my romance a bit in the process of making the movie because I mean number one I was I wanted to break it down and I wanted to access a little bit more of a grounded perspective but um kept dating guys that like it wasn't working and I was just like you know what I'm, I'm not, I know that I'm not like done forever but I'm just not gonna think about this right now because mm. um I don't know if this is real anymore like I don't know if I'll ever find The person that I've been idealizing. Like, I don't know if that person actually exists. And yeah, I'm just not going to use my brain to think about that anymore. But then once I met Jordan and the way that our relationship developed, it like is a fantasy, (laughs) but it was actually happening. And like, while it was happening, I was like, holy shit, like this (laughs) cannot be real. But it was. Mm. And he kept proving to me that he really was as good as I was imagining him to be and and it took it was actually really scary because i was like i don't want to fall for this anymore like he was writing Mm me poetry and he was speaking to me in in a way that made me understand that he really understood who i was and Mm -hmm. he was seeing through a lot of my maybe like masks Mm -hmm. that i put on performance things that like we all do to like you know deflect vulnerability Mm -hmm. and intimacy and once it got to the point where i was like wow this he like really could be that person um, And I think he is. I was able to just let down the wall and, and speak so direct, like, we both were speaking so directly to each other. It was like, mm. it was very easy to say, I love you and say all the things that we both were feeling to each other, because they were real. And, and then I'm still in a bit of disbelief about it because it happens so strangely in conjunction with, like, the release of the movie. It goes back to, like, when you know, you know. Like, when you feel that Mm -hmm. and you you are on the same frequency as someone and and they are meeting every mark that you, like, have always wished of a person that you you could be with. feel really good about yourself, then you just know. I don't know. I think, like, for people that, like, aren't romantic and are too real and are too, you know, cynical about it, that's their journey to come back to, like, if, if we're too much on the fantasy side or like needed to, our journey is to find a little bit more balance of balance with the reality. Like they need to come back to the fantasy because they should be able to fantasize about the person that would be best for them so that they can know it when they find it. Cause like, mm. I also think that you could also meet someone that could be really good for you when you're not ready to be in a relationship or when you don't believe Mm. you're closed off to it and you're not open to that person and they'll feel it. So like, they'll just kind of like buzz off. But like when you are open to it, you need to be able to like know it when you see it. I guess is my point. You can only know that if you fantasize about like, what would be the ideal person for me to be with? And like, what are the attributes that like, I know I need in a partner to make me feel good. Mm -hmm.
0: So it's a mix of fantasy and reality, but it's also making sure that your fantasy is backed up by reality. And it's not just totally in your head and in your own world. Mm. Since we've all like agreed that kind of unrequited love is different than potentially this two sided love, why do we think unrequited love is so painful
2: um, him, him, him. Um, I think it it just goes back to self esteem I think and that's like super simplistic and I know it's it can be a lot more complicated, but I just don't think that someone would be able to love someone who didn't love them back if they didn't have like a certain level of self-respect that like they knew that they deserve better by fixating on the rejection part of it Mm -hmm. you're just cutting at like the deepest level of insecurity that you have Mm -hmm. which is that like i'm not good enough like i am unlovable there's something wrong with me yes why doesn't this person love me back and then you go down the rabbit hole from there So, again, it's back
0: to yourself. It's not just like I broke up with someone. It's like there's something flawed with me.
1: It's painful because it's painful to your ego. For some reason, you can't win this person over. You're lacking something. Yeah. When that's really not the case.
2: It's not the case. Like In reality, (laughs) you're not right for that person. They know it. They just figure it out before you know it. And like, if they're not feeling it, it's because like, they have a different idea of what they want. And like, you're not it, but that's okay. Because you're still a good person. But when you get rejected, you think that it's because you're lacking something. It's just like, people are so different. People are so varied. People have so many different needs. Like you can't imagine what another person needs unless you know them like super well. But that's not usually the case. <laughs> I'm just curious
1: okay. about all of your unrequited love situations. I see a pattern with me and my friends that we've talked about this with. You have this unrequited love with someone when you have something very unique that you connect on. Mm. Like mm. I feel like my situation, we really connected about a, like this one hobby of ours. And this is all we ever talked about. And I just kept thinking, wow, nobody else sees it this mm. way. Nobody else can connect connect with me this way. I will never find mm-hmm. someone else to connect me with this way. My friend mm-hmm. who's in this situation right now, they have this connection, mutual obsession with language and they love breaking mm-hmm. down language and linguistics and how characters mm-hmm. come about. And she feels like, oh my gosh, we're obviously meant to be because who has such a yeah. an obscure interest? But I yeah. think that's what's really misleading for unrequited love is that there are other people out there who can connect with you on multiple levels versus just... Just this yeah. one thing
0: yeah that's yeah. a good point like that wasn't necessarily my situation but i think there was this feeling of like oh this person gets me like no one yeah. else which really isn't mm-hmm. wasn't the case at all because like if they really got me like no one else like we would have actually been together right but, yeah. you know like for whatever reason in my head i like thought that mm. so it, it is yeah. a scarcity feeling though
1: mm-hmm
2: it's about feeling seen and like validated yeah. that like, wow, this other yeah. person validates the fact that I like this thing or I have this interest or I see the world this particular way and I'm not alone in that. And I think that's a part, like another part of, of love is like it's lonely in the world. And when you do make a connection with the mm-hmm. human, whether it's in romantic terms or just a friendship or over a shared experience, it gives you that feeling of like, I'm alive. I and think I'm, I'm valid.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I think, like, some of it's like your time, like, mm-hmm. timing when this yeah. happens to you. Because, the like, I've had definitely like two. One definitely lasted longer than the other, but like, It was the first one especially was like the first time that I felt like I was like actually like adult dating. Mm -hmm. So it was like you kind of latched on to that. And again, it was like early 20s. Like I didn't really have those experiences as much. So it was like, this is something like special and like scarce. Mm -hmm. And I Mm -hmm. think like as you get older and you've learned those hard lessons and like all of that, like you start to see like things for what they are more.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So it's a good segue to takeaways. Takeaways.
1: Uh, I, guess, I guess I'll guess i start. Um, mm-hmm. I think about this idea of unrequited love quite a bit because the people that I've had the situation with still hold a very special place mm-hmm. in my heart. Not that I would want to be with them again, but they taught me so much about what love mm-hmm. should feel like and mm-hmm. not what mm-hmm. I think love really is. So I, I'm so glad I went through that because yeah. now mm-hmm. I can course correct. But I do want to touch upon our other takeaway, which is when you course correct too much and then you're just too much in the reality and there's just no love and everyone's cold. Mm-hmm. How do we get some mm-hmm. of that romance back? And I think that what we need to do more of is that we need to put more of ourselves out there. We need to just give more. Julie and I were having this conversation with a guy friend who's like, I will never have this connection with another woman again. We're like, how do you know if you don't just put it out there? Like, go write a love mm-hmm. song. Go, you know, go do something super romantic. Right. Don't be afraid yeah. to have these bigger romantic gestures because you never Absolutely. know how what can come back.
2: Uh,
0: I, yeah. <laughs> and the romantic is like, yes. <laughs> I think, like, my biggest one, it's this in reality, which is the movie title, but mm-hmm. it's like... I think it's like really separating and coming to terms like of why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah. Like, is it because of your own self? Is it really love? Has it been proven? Like, I think just like being a little more logical, like especially if you are the type of person that likes to fantasize. So maybe it's knowing you and that Mm kind of goes to your point. If you're more logical, then maybe you could use a little more fantasy and vice versa. And I think the other piece too is like, you can't change people. So like if no. someone's like, I don't want a relationship, whether it's with you or just the, at that time of their life, like I think we just try to justify so much. Yeah. So it's like- the,
2: Listen to them. Yes.
0: And the reality, again, at that stage, whatever the reason is, they don't want to be in a relationship with yes. you. So you need to remember that, not cling to this hope and like feeling that like you can change them. Because I think yeah. that's like yeah. what we are talking about earlier of like it becomes like, an ego thing and it's like something you need to win not Mm -hmm. necessarily like a pure i'll do
2: anything for you love right a lot of things to say (laughs) Um, i'm just gonna go from like responding to everything that you guys just said um i guess the first thing is all of the people that i have been in unrequited love with have been extremely important to my development as a human and like had i not gone through those experiences there were lessons there that i needed to learn that like the universe or whatever, like gave me so that I could learn them and, and go through them. Like I wouldn't have made the movie had I not had such a heartbreaking experience mm-hmm, to like un- unpack and uncover. And I wouldn't know what I was capable of in that field. Um There are other people that like really hurt me, but I also still respect because at the end of the day, if you can take away what you are learning from mm-hmm. that experience and like, know that, yeah, like not put it on the other person. Like they did something bad to you, but just like, remember, like you were also there and you were yes. making decisions to be there. So what is that about? And like, can you take something away from that? Mm-hmm. And, and like Jordan and I both say, like having now met each other, all of our other relationships make total sense. So yes. like we had to go through those yes. to, to yes. Ma- get ourselves here and, like, see this for what it really is, because now it makes total sense. Yep. To your point about, shoot, what, what was the second thing that you you said? Uh, Bring the romance. Oh, oh, romantic gestures. Yeah. Yeah, like, not to go into the whole story, but down and out about love or romance, I just wasn't really, like, trying. I was on dating apps. I wasn't trying to, like, find someone to be with. But I, the way that I met Jordan was he DM'd me a poem, because, like, I had put out something on my Instagram about, like, a competition to like promote the movie or whatever and he took this like pretty you know I mean it was like small at that point but it still was a romantic gesture to like write a poem to me and then over the course of like several months like we ended up meeting each other and, and actually getting along but like he kept doing very romantic things that allowed me to like really see him for who he was and then allowed me to respond with who I really was and if you're not putting your authentic self out and you're not like actually taking risks of being courageous, how is anyone going to know who you really are? Yes. And like, how are they going to fall in love with you? And I think also like he was responding to me having put myself out there so much with the movie mm. in retrospect and it wasn't really what I was doing. But I guess I, in a way I always kind of knew that if I could make this movie and like show absolutely everything of myself in the process, there had to be someone out there who would see that and be like, that's the woman I want to be with. Um, for sure. And like, <laughs> Wait, so for your current boyfriend,
1: <laughs> that's how you met? Was through? Yeah. With th- was he through Instagram. He No way.
2: Yeah. Oh my God, that's but amazing. But I didn't know what he looked like. I wasn't like, he doesn't have any pictures of himself on in his Instagram. So it wasn't like I scoped him out. I was like, ah, oh, that, that guy, maybe he'll, you know, it was like his poems were the best. And I said, okay, like, <laughs> um, it was basically like a promotion there for the movie and oh, then wow. the prize of winning that competition was me sending this person a journal like a branded in reality journal I didn't get around to sending it to him before I moved to LA and he's like oh I see that you're moving to LA like, I also live here do you oh, want to meet up for coffee wow. I was like oh yeah that like saves me shipping <laughs> um, so he like literally showed up at my doorstep I was like you're jordan <laughs> oh my god A. i am immediately in love <laughs> That's with you amazing. Um, and but then of course like don't do that and mm-hmm. don't you dare romanticize this maybe he's just here for the <laughs> journal um but he was so like kind and and curious and um like immediately interested and interesting and we had a great rapport. And, but again, I was like, this has happened before. Like I have connected with other people before. I'm not going to let this be one of those things where I could go down the rabbit hole. Like it'd be cool if he ended up being someone that I could be with, but like, I'm not going to make shit up. He's going to have to really like show me if he wants to be with me. And then he did. He literally like kept writing me poetry until I told him that I loved him. Um, So
1: there you go. That's another takeaway. If you're in an unrequited love situation, Step number one, make a film. Yeah. Step number two, have yeah. the Instagram contest, haiku contest. Step yeah. three, read through all your DMs.
0: <laughs> and step four, meet up with people. Yeah. I do think you did raise another good point because, I well, besides that's how you clearly <laughs> get over this situation Hilarious. and problem yeah. solved. But I think the point about like – learning from your past but also not becoming bitter from it is really important because like I agree like let it go yeah like I'm so I am grateful I did have this experience even though it did not and the positive way that you think is you learn so much. And again, like, I also don't feel bitter to this person because they were actually upcoming with me and it was my decision not to listen mm-hmm. to that. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think mm-hmm. like if you err to on the other side that you're not going to take a chance with anyone, then you also aren't going to get to where you need to be. So it's like being cautiously yeah. optimistic, but also like in reality again. Right.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, I think it's just it's that idea of scarcity versus abundance. If you think that this is the only person out there for (laughs) you, you're always going to obsess over them. But know that if you are able to fall in love with this person, you're able to fall in love with the next person even harder. So why not get to that next person? Yes, for sure. Do we have time for a question of the day? This is actually a pretty easy question of the day because we've been talking about it all hour. The question comes from Shelly. She says, I've fallen in love with four men in my lifetime. I'm 24 years old, but the problem is none of them have fallen back in love with me in return. I initially thought it was just bad luck, but I'm starting to think the common denominator is me. What do you think? Is there something
2: wrong with me? Dear (laughs) Shelly, there's nothing wrong with you. You just need to learn to love people that love you back and like not fall for people that don't and who make you feel bad and by like removing that element of your life um it will be a lot easier to fall in love with someone who's meant that you're actually meant to be with. And also just like listen to the rest of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I think,
0: I mean, Shelley, you're 24, right? So yeah. like, I think it's like, you're that's what I think was really good about your movie too. Is it like, it kind of brought you back to being like, Oh yeah. my God, I was like kind of naive. And like, mm-hmm. I just yeah. didn't know, like you just don't know as much. Right. So you I think Shelley, know what you
2: don't know. Yeah. Yeah. and Like, like, like
0: you're young, you got time.
2: <laughs> yeah. Someone asked me, a similar question or like a related question at a and a Q&A once they're like if you could go back and tell your younger self like mm. or young women like what to do what would it be and I was like you're gonna make mistakes like just have fun with your life like don't be too hard on yourself don't beat yourself up when you, you go in the wrong direction because like that's fucking life. Nice. <laughs> that is mm-hmm. what it's all about like you have to make mistakes in order to learn what you're really after and what who you really are so you don't know what you don't know until you learn
0: totally and i think also just like what we're talking about earlier is like taking these experiences looking at them like actually realistic, like not just blaming the other person, yeah. but taking account of, like, I think it's a line of like not putting yourself down, yeah. but also being accountable that like some of it is your actions and like, how can you change that in the future? So the same thing doesn't keep happening.
1: So here's a, this is a quote that I recently heard and I loved it. She, this, this woman said the brain is not a truth validator, it's an evidence seeker. Mm-hmm. So when we get fixated on a certain problem or topic, our brain automatically goes to the evidence that supports that yeah. theory versus actually looking at the truth because our because our brain is yes. already an edited film by itself mm-hmm. so yeah. when someone says i fall in love with four men who haven't fallen in love with me how many men did you fall in love who did fall in love with you maybe that was 10 maybe right. that was five yeah. you know or how so many we kinda... men
2: did you like not give the time of day who yes, were yes. Nice to you because your brain chose to forget about
1: these men, yeah, so or once you get to be fixed... attracted to these other guys for whatever reason, for whatever reason. So mm-hmm. if you find that there is a problem in the patterns that you're seeing, then you shift your brain to seek evidence elsewhere. Can yeah. I support the fact that I am a lovable person? There right. we go. Can, yeah. I s- can I find the fact? find evidence that I have a great group of friends. I yeah. I have love in my life. Yep. And then yep. you start seeing the opposite of what you've been trying to see for the you right. know the past. Absolutely.
0: I think also like I mean again 24 you got a lot of time. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to say that like this is like th- those are the years that you really learn, but I think yeah. like in like let's say she does want a relationship now and that's why it's kind of coming to light. I I've, I've been here before as I'm like, "Oh, like why am I still single at this age? It's like, well, actually when I was like 24, I wasn't like doing that at all like I was like partying and like not in that mindset whatsoever so I think like Shelly can just like kind of meet yourself where you are at that time Mm -hmm. and just like that's where you were and that's cool and like now you're in a different place so it's not like I'm this person because of my past
1: and Shelly go see in reality I'm gonna plug the film (laughs) once more it's 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 screened at so many film festivals where are you screening next
2: We are screening in Los Angeles at Rom-Com Film Festival. It's also available on iTunes and Amazon Direct, so if you just type... Go to inrealityfilm.com, you can Find the link to- i just like
0: was blown away by this movie like i'm gonna fangirl on you right yes, now but i think, think it's think. like i just love the way it was shot because like we kind of alluded to it earlier it's like kind of in the mind of someone going through this but you are just so mm-hmm. creative i don't want to like say a lot to give it away because you kind of see to see it to understand it but i just like mm-hmm. thought the actual cinematography was amazing but also just like as this whole conversation has shown super relatable topic like so many people Mm -hmm. have gone through this unrequited love or just like even if it was not unrequited love just in your early 20s just kind of trying to figure out life in love right so everybody go see
1: the film i think it'll resonate with anybody even if you never had unrequited love you'll totally get what this
0: film's about if you haven't had it probably you've experienced a friend that has yes yeah (laughs) you remember that time vividly yeah (laughs) Yeah. or it's coming (laughs) (laughs) It's coming for you.
1: All right. Thank Um, you so much, Anne, for being on our show and for sharing your experience with us and sharing your beautiful piece of art that came out of heartbreak.
0: Yeah. I love that. I think for any listeners, it'd be really interesting if someone had an unrequited love story that actually turned around. Right. I would love to hear that. Give
1: all of us false hope. Thanks, Julie. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Because we didn't learn anything from this episode. But you know what? Like, this is all about hearing other people's stories. So maybe yeah. someone does have one of those stories or right. another way you turned heartbreak into art. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Perfect. So, thank well, you so thank much you again. So we're we're going to wrap this up.
2: Me. Thank you for coming to see the movie and for fangirling on it. Like, I really appreciate you guys. <laughs> Woo!
0: Um, I'm going to, anybody's going to come watch it at my house this weekend. We're going to have a screening party. <laughs> yeah. Cool, When's the next you. screening party? Thank you it's. So much.
1: Yeah, Tomorrow. the next screening is at the International Batable <laughs> Film Festival <laughs> this Saturday. Okay, thanks again, Anne, for being on our show okay. and for anybody who has something to say about this topic or any topic we love to have you as a guest on our Thank show you. okay we're gonna wrap it up Stay, stay date-able. Date-able. want to continue the conversation first follow us on instagram facebook and twitter with the handle at dateable podcast tag us in any post with a hashtag stay dateable and trust us we look at all of those posts Then head over to our website, datablepodcast.com. There you'll find all the episodes as well as articles, videos, and our coaching service with vetted industry experts. You can also find our premium Y series where we dissect, analyze, and offer solutions to some of the most common dating conundrums. We're also downloadable for free on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Overcast, Stitcher Radio, and other podcast platforms. Your feedback is valuable to us, so don't forget to leave us a review. And most importantly, remember to stay dateable.